this morning I was going on a run and there were these flies. And these flies kept hitting me in the face and they kept hitting me in the face and I was getting irritated by these flies. What the fuck? Flies in my face. And I kept running and, and they kept hitting me and I was like, what's going on? Arr. And then one went in my mouth. And, you know, at first, like, the first time I thought it was just this, like, cloud of flies. You know, I ran through a cloud of flies. But then, like, I was way further down the road, and there was still a lot of flies. And there was, like, flies in the air, and then hitting me in the face. And then one got in my mouth. And I'm like, what's going on in my mouth? And then I started to think, this is kind of like the end of the world. Like, there's something, like, a plague of flies. It's funny that right as I'm recording right now on my computer screen, there is a tiny black fly. But there was a plague of flies in, in the world. And I did think, you know, maybe this is the end of the world. Maybe the kind of, the seven plagues will descend, the gates of hell will open, and all of the demons will run out, you know. And then I keep running, I keep running, and I'm, and I'm, I'm turning back around to go home. And I look down at my sweater, there's all this like blue white fluff on my sweater. My sweater's like dark navy, and there's all this like blue white fluff. And I'm like, oh. like a little kind of cotton. And I'm like, is this from the dryer? Is this like, like if a tissue had been left in the dryer, a piece of tissue, and then it kind of shreds into little white balls. And then, and so I kind of grab one to wipe it off, and it's kind of squishy and hard. And I realize this is little flies, blue and white flies, weird little things, furry, like fuzzy white and blue tiny little flies and there's like 10 of them on my sweater and I must have run through this cloud of them and and then I realized this isn't the end of the world this isn't like the gates of hell opening up this isn't a plague it's this is just the day that these flies are breeding there's like some breeding day and like all of the clocks inside of the little fly minds the little fly bodies are, are just kind of went ding time to breed and um, and now we have like 10,000 flies in the park. And I think how this is going to work is tomorrow there'll be no flies. Or that, you know, they'll have dispersed. They'll have just kind of gone out into the world to make their fortune. And there won't be these weird, like, endless armies of like weird fuzzy blue white flies. So, that may or may not be relevant to what I'm going to talk about now. Which is, and I'm going to try and be brief and talk about consciousness and science. And we'll see how brief I can be. So consciousness and science, you know, and by consciousness, I mean the fact that it is like something to be you or the fact that it is like something to be me. The fact that there's not just a meat robot walking around kind of performing actions mindlessly, right? But that there's actually uh, something which is aware of all of the things that are happening to me or to you like right now as you're sitting it's not just that your eardrums are vibrating hearing the sound of my voice and it's not even just that that's being turned into electricity which is kind of going through your nerves and hitting your brain and then moving through your brain in the form of electricity and and uh like um neurotransmitters little chemical waves and in these kind of complex patterns of electricity and chemicals that are kind of reverberating through your brain and resonating with um, kind of areas that are similarly shaped that, that, that reflect kind of your memories and your concepts that you've built up over time of kind of giving input to this brain, right? All of that's happening. 
It's all definitely happening. But there's this other thing that's happening, which is you are hearing my voice. Right? And this is consciousness. I was a very kind of scientific, I still am like a very scientifically minded person. And, and uh, when I was younger, I was very scientifically minded. I, I had great faith in science and just loved it. I read, you know, uh, The Selfish Gene by Richard Dawkins is a really important book. I read this book and, um, and, and it just kind of like popped my mind open into, oh, wow, we can understand reality in this way like we can kind of understand the patterns of how things formed and there are these explanations for things and it's great and and i love this and i was kind of thinking more and more about science and and i'm also a computer programmer and at that time i was kind of getting into like simulations programming simulations because uh, there really is this sense like when you look at the world through the lens of science what you're left with is just these models these beautiful explanatory models for what's happening you know why why did the ball fall? Well, it falls because this is the rule. And so, you know, this is the rule for if you've got a bunch of objects crashing into each other. We have the rules for that. And so we can model these objects crashing into each other and we can get back the thing that we, we, the, we can get back like, okay, so you start with this ball and you throw it in this direction. You have this ball and you throw it in this direction. What's going to happen? Do they hit each other? If they do, how do they bounce off each other? If they miss, how do they bounce off the floor or the walls or whatever other objects are in the space? Like you can model all of that and you can model many, many things. And science is is this uh, tool for creating models that you can then use to predict things and you can use to control things and all these things. what science is missing, which is not a criticism of science, so this is the this is a um, it's important to say this is not a criticism criticism of science because science is not supposed to provide this thing. The problem is that um, for a certain kind of mind, and I myself was definitely this kind of mind uh, when I was younger. Um, there is an appeal. There's there's a kind of a desire to have science fill in all of the gaps. To, for science to just be the, the, the mechanism by which you make all meaning. And science is not good at that. And so this is what I want to say. Like what science is missing is meaning. It's missing uh, values. It's missing consciousness. And this is, this is the controversial claim that I'm making today. Um, there was a day. And so what happened, I was, you know, I was kind of more and more into science. But there's some way that my world was narrowed because of the way that I was using science to create all meaning. And I fully thought that, you know, if you wrote a sophisticated enough computer program that you would get consciousness out of it. Like our minds are just like these mathematical things that are generating consciousness through this algorithm that's running. I really just believed that. And I thought, you know, there will be a time when computers are sophisticated enough and, and, and our programs are sophisticated enough that we get consciousness out of it. And at that time, we can download into the machines. We can live forever. We can do all these crazy things. And then there was a day when I, I realized that um, I just like saw consciousness. I don't, and this kind of sounds mystical, and, and, and it is. <laughs> but it's also, like, very ordinary in a certain way. Like, it was just a recognition that consciousness, um, there is no model 
in in the form of um mathematics in the form of of physics in the form of um in the forms that science provides models there is no model for consciousness what i mean by that is there's no model which explains consciousness science will not explain consciousness like you could have a model of how of what consciousness does but but there's just something that's there which is inexplicable and um this is called the the hard problem of consciousness david chalmers called that the hard problem of consciousness there are the quote easy problems of consciousness like how do you you know how do we recognize things how do we recognize faces how does language work you know how like these kinds of things like how are colors stored in the mind like what are the relationships between different parts of the mind and different um sensory experiences different what's called qualia like the the the, the the experience of things how does that correspond to different areas of the mind these are all kind of the quote easy problems it's not that they're easy but that they're in some way it, amenable to scientific explanation and it's kind of it's it's reasonable to imagine what a scientific explanation for these things will look like meanwhile um the hard problem of consciousness is what is it <laughs> how where does it like just the fact that it is how is that how do we explain that i still find that kind of fascinating and i still find it ultimately liberating that there's this other thing happening that's not just our model right in in nlp we say the map is not the territory so science is this map it's this incredible beautiful map but as ken wilber says it's a map of the prison and it's good to have a map of the prison. This is still can. It's good to have a map of the prison if you want to break out. But it's it's if you, if all you're doing is studying your map of the prison, and and you're not also getting out, then you're missing something. And the something is just consciousness. It's just like it's and this is you know and this is where the cliches come from. The spiritual cliches of like be here now in the present moment. And you know this is what meditation is about is this um, letting the models fall away and returning to reality. And so just as a kind of little PS, many years later, I'd had this kind of revelation about consciousness and, and, it, and it kind of changed my whole relationship with science from being this kind of meaning, meaning this kind of all-in-one meaning-making toolkit to being a tool which you use to produce models um, for understanding things. And and um, so there was this kind of consciousness, this, this epiphany. And many, many years later, I realized that it's actually just as true to say, like, science also cannot say anything about why there is something rather than nothing. And I think these are two sides to the same coin of uh, consciousness and stuff. And and why there is just something rather than nothing is equally inexplicable. It's it's an equally deep con. It's something that you can pay attention to, and it will shift your experience, and it will kind of open something for you. At least it does for me many times. So that that's that that idea that there is something rather than nothing, and that science also has no way, just has no way. There's no model that can tell you why there is something rather than nothing. Because every model has to start with something. 
it has to start with some some boundary conditions, some initial conditions, some like, okay, given this condensed point, singularity at the beginning of time, we get this explosion of matter, we get this this sea of hydrogen, et cetera, et cetera, right? This is the kind of the, the, the today's scientific story. But, but you have to give them that thing. Terence McKenna says, science says, give me one miracle and expo- I'll explain everything else. And I think that that's true. But, but you need that one miracle. And I think it's, it's, there is a danger in the, the seduction of the, of the power of science, the power of that way of understanding the world, which is very powerful and very beautiful. And it has gotten us a lot of really good things. But there is a danger in the seduction of it that you downplay the miracle at the beginning. And I don't mean the miracle of like, isn't, you know, there's the kind of Carl Sagan scientific mysticism thing of like, wow, isn't reality so beautiful and like this pattern and like, it's a miracle that the bird does this, even if we can understand it with science or that the tree grows from the seed. And it's like, yeah, all of that's true, but it's true. And it's true, it's a miracle that we can understand what we can understand of it, but it's also a miracle before the understanding. It's just is already a miracle that it precedes understanding. And I just think it's important to include that. Okay, thank you for listening and be well.